The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. On today's edition of Top of the Stretch, a gentleman who started out with a million-dollar experiment. It progressed to a two-million-dollar experiment and is probably approaching $3 million as of today. Greg Luther the owner of Black Magic Racing. Greg, welcome to Top of the Stretch. Thanks, Roger. Happy to be here with you. Now, I understand you're down in uh, Florida this morning, right? I am trying to run away from that Ohio weather. I was born and raised in Ohio, so as I started doing better in life, I wanted to have a little winter home as well, so I go back and forth through the winter time. I guess uh, forecast today is uh, in the low 20s uh, as a high so i can understand wanting to be in florida at this time greg you got let's it go way, let's go way back to the beginning was your family uh, involved in harness racing uh, as when you were a youngster yeah yeah when i was uh, 11 years old my grandpa asked me if i wanted to go out to the horse barn i knew he took care of horses he actually worked for gene regal uh for a couple decades uh, his name was john robinson and he took me out to the horse barn, and turns out he let me jog a horse with him that day. And, of course, then it was in my blood. I was hooked. So uh, I was 11 years old and, uh, you know, absolutely fell in love with the horses that day. So, you know, got into the grooming business and that type of thing as well. Now, so it was an instant love affair with the horses. But did you ever expect it would reach the, the point where it is today? No, I didn't. You know, I'll tell you kind of the path of what happened is, you know, I really liked the horses. Of course, I started like everybody else on the end of a pitchfork and uh, was cleaning stalls and, you know, wanting to jog. We only had one horse that I was able to jog at that age as I was still learning. But uh, he took me to the little brown jug. And I just remember the, the feeling I had as we were walking up to the track there and everybody's so excited and the crowds were big. Uh, you know, this was back uh, 1987. And I remember my grandfather telling me, you know, if you ever make it to this race, you've made it in life. And I just kind of thought, you know, eventually I want to find out, am I going to be a a caretaker for these horses? Am I going to be a trainer? Will I eventually be an owner? And, uh, you know, I I stayed into the uh, grooming business for a long time. I worked for some greats. I worked for uh, Terry Holton. I worked for Jim Arlitz Jr. for a while, Sandy Beatty, some of those Ohio staples, uh, you know, and learned a lot about the horse business. And then I eventually decided I wanted to find a career where I can make lots of money so that I can own horses. And over the past, I don't know, 20 years or so, I've certainly owned a lot of horses trying to get to where we are today. Now, you have to have something uh, uh, in your background to afford to be able to do what you want to do. I understand you're kind of a real estate coach and uh, owner of an online marketing firm. Yeah, that's correct. So when I was uh, 22 years old, I got my real estate license there in Columbus, Ohio, and I became a realtor, Uh, very quickly learned marketing. So I became one of the top real estate agents in in the state and then in the United States. And then at 30 years old, uh, I decided I'd had enough of that. I've made a lot of money. I want to start coaching others on how to do what I did. So I teach a lot of sales and marketing specifically to real estate agents. So, you know, a lot of real estate agents, their goal is to find more buyers and sellers that they can help with their home buying needs. 
And uh, we now have about 30,000 members that pay us every month for coaching all around the country. So I do that all online. We can do it from our laptop here. And uh, obviously, it's a very profitable model as well. Is there any um, comparison or common thing about the real estate business and the horse business? Well, there is. You know, I mean, it's all about experience, and and that could be a whole other podcast in itself because me being a marketing guy, you know, I have a lot of things I could, uh, you know, recommend or put in place for promoting the horse business. Uh, you know, to get a, a lot more people in the stands and kind of revitalize our industry. Of course, we all love the racehorse business. Um, you know, we love going in that experience, but, you know, we're, we're certainly well aware we've got to get a lot more customers, a lot more fans involved. Uh, but marketing is marketing. You know, I mean, I, I've done some marketing for plastic surgeons, for uh, dental uh, offices, uh, for attorneys. You know, marketing is marketing. So, uh, if you understand how that works and you know how to draw a crowd, uh, you know, it's certainly possible to build a big customer base. So I started from zero. Uh, most of what I do right now is online. You know, I, I always tell everybody, hey, I was a groom just like you are, you know, and I decided I wanted to learn a little bit about other stuff here and, you know, grow my business. And, you know, it's, it's become a monster here today. So, you know, when you were talking about it at the very beginning, you you didn't know whether you wanted to be a groom or a trainer or an owner, eventually get to that point. The one thing you left out was a driver. Did you ever have any aspirations to be a driver? Um, I did. I, I think two things beat me on that. My weight kept going up, <laughs> and my talent kept going down. So uh, I'm a very good backseat driver. You know, I can tell all of the drivers what they're doing right and doing wrong, but when I get out there, it's a little different story. So I've driven in probably 250 races, something like that, won a few of them, lost a whole bunch of them. But, uh, you know, I didn't really – once I got to making a lot of money here and, and having so many horses, I realized a lot of people depend on me. You know, not only my family, but uh, we our second family, which is the barn. You know, all of our, our grooms and, and, you know, my brother trains horses for me and all the people that depend on us, I can't take a chance of getting hurt out there. Uh, you know, I've got our expenses, of course, are well into the six figures every month. So, you know, I got to make sure I'm doing my side of being able to fund this thing so everybody gets to do what they love to do here and, you know, it keeps the keep the wheels turning. Now, you mentioned the fact that um, you own horses and things like that through Black Magic Racing and such, but do you remember that very first horse that you owned? I do. Yeah, actually, I do. It's uh, It was at Scioto Downs. His name was Oxymoron, and uh, he was in a $3,000 claimer. So I had to borrow money for my half and bring another guy in for his half uh, in order to get that horse. And, and I had, at the time, the one of the greatest drivers that's a, a big up-and-coming driver by the name of David Miller was driving that $3,000 claimer for me. And uh, we won, I don't know, we probably won three, four, five races in a row with that horse. And I just had a blast with it. And, you know, obviously fell in love with that side of it as well and decided I wanted to start owning a bunch of horses. What's the basis for the name of the stable, Black Magic Racing? Well, I didn't really have a a basis for it. Believe it or not, we were watching TV one time and uh, there was a uh, magician on and they were talking about all kinds of different types of magic. And I said, well, we need a you know, some type of name here. So let's go with black magic. So 
I've kept that for a while and, uh, you know, considering keeping it, I was talking about in another interview here, um, you know, this might be its last year. I'm a little bit superstitious. So it's either going to work out really well or we're going to be calling it something else. Uh, As far as ownership, do you own all of the horses or do you have some partners? I do. So I am 100% owner on all 50 head that we have now. We've been kind of upgrading. I'm trying to make sure every horse we have is $30,000 or more. Uh, You know, so we're getting rid of some of the lower ones. I've recently gotten out of the claimers pretty much. Um, So I own 100% of all 50 horses. And then we've got one in order for me to acquire a breeder's crown horse. I had to do a package deal which included the great Catch the Fire, who won the audio, uh, the uh, Adios last year, uh, he still has his original owner retained a portion of him. So I have a partner on Catch the Fire, and all the other 50 horses I own 100% myself. So you don't have to have a board of directors meeting to decide uh, what path you're going to take. Yeah, yeah, I always say I have a hard enough time agreeing with myself sometimes. So having other people's opinions, I'd I'd probably go crazy. So I like to be able to just call all the shots. You know, obviously, uh, I'm a hobby owner. You know, I do this as a hobby. Um, I always laugh when people say, oh, my gosh, you're probably going to lose money. Well, I kind of planned on losing money. I'm not in this to make money. Uh, You know, I'm doing this because I love the sport. I love what we do. I love the competition. So, you know, it'd be great to one day, uh, you know, have a couple great horses and make lots of money. But, you know, I, I fully plan on losing lots of money, but enjoying what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, we try our best to make it as profitable as we can, but we know the deal out there. So, Last year, you had the million-dollar experiment, uh, purchasing a number of yearlings. Uh, is there a standout in those yearlings that you've purchased, or are you able to determine that yet? Well, so far, uh, we've got really three that I think are, are very, very nice. And uh, my brother, Todd Luther, he trains them for me. So, you know, getting his opinion as well. And, and they really are some of the better bred horses. There is one thing I learned last year with buying some better quality horses, because I've had a lot of yearlings. Uh, there is a tremendous difference in a good horse versus a bad horse. You know, I, I've never seen the difference before, but once you start getting those better bred horses, they look different, they act different, they're gamer, uh, you know. So of the probably six that I paid six figures for, uh, I would say three of them are pretty good and three of them are average. So I guess that's kind of the norm. Do you have a standout of those three that are pretty good? Um, I would say probably my favorite is Dancing Sancho. Uh, he's a very nice colt, and, uh, you know, he's a brother to Dancing Yankee as well as Dancing Lou, uh, who were both uh, great horses in their own right. So I'm hoping he's just as good or possibly better, but he certainly has the attitude and disposition. So uh, he's one that stands out for us, and another one is American Frontier, uh, who's a very nice colt. Uh, you know, both of those are doing very well. You mentioned Dancing Yankee uh, recently inducted into the Ohio Harness Racing all of Fame for Horses. Had a great campaign. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, from the million-dollar experiment with her yearlings, uh, you spent a lot of money uh, just last week, uh, the second million-dollar experiment, and Catch the Fire was part of that. But tell us about these uh, two horses that you purchased at the sale, uh, Top Bitter, uh, Chief Mate, and Captain Kirk. 
uh, a high-priced one was Chief Mate, uh, two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the four recent horses that I bought that um, that package deal was Catch the Fire, and then his younger brother Captain's Place, which is really my best shot at a jug this year. Uh, to try and make it to the jug. Captain's Place raced really good last year. He got good late in the year and raced in the Breeders' Crown. So we're hoping he makes it to the jug. Uh, he was with Catch the Fire. And then when we went out to the Tattersall sale, we got Captain Kirk as well as Chief Mate. And those are both four-year-olds, uh, stallions. And they were trained by Tony Alanya, And they both raced on the Grand Circuit. So uh, this is really our first year uh, shooting for the big leagues here, you know, trying to make it into the Grand Circuit races. It just so happens these four horses that I bought, every one of them is a Captain Treacherous. So it, sh- it certainly shows his dominance that he's starting to show in the sport as well. Was that by intention to, to get Captain Treacherous horses or just work out that way? Yeah, it just worked out that way. You know, they're, they're certainly some of the dominant ones. And since Tony had Captain, of course, he buys some of the better ones. Uh, Captain Kirk was a $200,000 yearling himself. And boy, does he really look the part. He looks unlike any standard bred I've ever seen. Just a gorgeous head, gorgeous body. Uh, very, very unique horse there. I think he's something special. Uh, he had a little injury last year that they got fixed up. So I'm hoping he'll come back even better than he was before. Uh, so really looking forward to him. And he has some stallion capability later, you know, after his racing years are done. He may end up becoming a stallion as well. But, uh, you know, I've been buying a lot of them. I mean, you know, with all of the press here lately, we've had a lot of people calling us. I've actually, since the Tattersall sale, we've bought a couple of really nice horses. So, you know, I always encourage anybody, if you're trying to sell a horse, let me know. I love getting the good horses. So, uh, you know, it's certainly been good for the industry that way, and I love helping out and, and, you know, pumping as much money into the industry as possible. It helps everybody all the way around. Now, basically, the, uh, the stable with your brother Todd is at the Winter Circle Training Center uh, south of Columbus. Uh, but you have horses not only there, uh, but you got some spread out uh, some county fairgrounds as well. Yeah, we're running out of stalls. I mean, uh, the Winter Circle Training Center, it's a very nice place and, and, you know, obviously highly desirable. So we're limited to 40 stalls there. So I also have horses up at Northfield, uh, have horses down at the Circleville Fairgrounds, Pickaway County. Uh, You know, we're just kind of ballooning everywhere. So, again, trying to top grade, you know, I'm just continuously sell the slower ones and buy the higher, you know, the faster ones. Uh, as we're top grading the barn to try and get us down to that number of 40 where we can keep them all in one location. How about uh, will you try to arrange some deal with a driver to be your principal driver? Yeah, that's what we're working on now. I've always wanted to have the, you know, have the horsepower that somebody wants to stick with you. So we've been using Brett quite a lot, my personal opinion. I think he can hold his own with the grand circuit too. So, you know, we'll see how it goes that way. I certainly love having him there at Miami Valley and Will at Scioto. And uh, if things work out, maybe we can even have him drive some of the Grand Circuit stock, too, as they get qualified in racing. Uh, our first shot is that chief mate that we just purchased. He's going to race next Saturday at uh, Miami Valley. Will you try to race the horses principally here in the Buckeye State, except for maybe some major races across the nation, but primarily here in Ohio? Yeah, so we'll be racing mostly Ohio. Um, you know, all of the uh, babies that I bought, I, I spent about $1.1 million on yearlings this year. 
and all of those are Ohio and Pennsylvania bred. So I guess we'll be branching out into the PA sire stakes and that type of thing too. Uh, and then, of course, the Grand Circuit. I've got uh, four or five horses that will probably be on Grand Circuit this year uh, from the older horses, and then we'll see how the babies turn out too. Well, Greg, we wish you the best of luck because uh, luck does in, involve a lot of uh, our business, as you well know. But uh, you certainly uh, have been uh, good for the business and hope it uh, continues. And we wish you the best uh, of racing in the one, two, now $3 million experiment in the harness racing. Greg, thank you for being with us on Top of the Stretch. You got it. Thanks so much, Roger. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. 